There he is. What's up, man? What is going on, my brother? What is up, man? Sorry for the delay, man. No, no worries at all. No worries at all. We uh, we're ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to do it. You ready to dance, sugar? I'm ready to dance. <laughs> yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest, a former junior college national champion. This man went on to wrestle for Michigan State University. Uh, we'll dive into that a little later. He went on after that to win the Ultimate Fighter Season 2 and then eventually became the light heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. Sugar Rashad Evans, how have you been? Oh, my brother, I've, I've been great, man. Just taking it one day at a time, man. That's that's the best you can do these days, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No doubt about that at all. Uh, my man, recently... Uh, I've seen that you just launched a podcast with uh, former NFL quarterback Jake Plummer. Umbo? Is it called Umbo? Yeah, Umbo. Yep. Umbo. Umbo. We'll put the link right here. You've got to check that YouTube channel out. These guys are just pouring the greatest wisdom for all of us to hear. What? It's great. Former fighter, former NFL quarterback. What led you guys? First of all, how do you know Jake Plummer? And and what 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 what, what made you guys decide to launch this podcast? Well, um, Jake and I we we're, uh, we came together through the third person who's a founder and partner with Umbo. His name is Dell Jolly, and Dell has been a really big part of me and my transitioning from being a professional athlete just to the rest of my life. You know, uh, we've sat in ceremony many times and, and it's been really a good place of growth, you know, and uh, Jake was on the same path and we kind of, our paths met and uh, you know, we, we had a very similar in interest with the plant medicine and really wanted to dive into the plant medicine world and really start to give some of the benefits back or just kind of educate people on the benefits of some of these medicines that we've been able to use. That's been, a game changer for both of us. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And again, you guys, you got to listen to it. Um, I've been listening to the episodes and the things that you guys are saying are, are phenomenal, whether you're an athlete or not, or just someone trying to level up your level up your game. You've got to check it out. Um, my, my man, are you, are you coaching? Are you coaching MMA too? Or yeah, I'm, I'm coaching MMA too. You know, I have, uh, three guys that I work with consistently and they're all family. You know, I got my nephews, two nephews. that live here and my godson, he fights in the LFA next week, September 15, in my hometown, Niagara Falls, New York. So it's going to be a pretty big event. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can't stay away from the sport, man. It, it, like, when I try to get out, it just it just pulls me right back in, man, you know? So I enjoy it. Well, one of the best, man. I mean, I, I can't I, – I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that it keeps pulling you in. I mean, you're, you're phenomenal. Uh, this is Devin Smith, your godson you. that's fighting That's fighting on yeah. the – Yeah. Yeah. De Devin Smith. Devin Smith. He's uh, Devin the Prodigy Smith, and he's just that, man. He's he's a prodigy. He's phenomenal. He's he's had his bumps on uh, along the way, but I feel like that was more of just a focus and just kind of not really – understanding or really having that that drive that um you really need to make it to the next level but now i feel like he's kind of figured some things out and uh he's ready to go 
Yeah, I can. I, I believe it. You know, I, I was fighting for a few years. I had one pro fight before COVID struck, and I'm telling you, sparring with Devin Smith was not fun. That dude, <laughs> that dude. I mean, he's just got so many tricks, and he obviously loves and looks up to you. There's no one else better to look up to. I mean, for real. So I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, and we're going to talk about those those losses uh, and and how you evolve from them. Uh, here in a minute. But before we get to that, you know, I was just talking to a few uh, of my teammates recently about, you know, getting your hands taped in the locker room It is before you fight. Like, yeah. I, I thought I had an idea, but my first fight, <laughs> dude, I'm not even kidding you. I had to call Randy Couture. I was shaking. <laughs> I was shaking. I, I was pissing myself. I was like, oh, my God, this is actually happening. And Coach Joaquin was wrapping my, my hand, and I was like, the, uh, my heart, I couldn't. I was like, holy crap, I'm about to get in a cage with a full-grown man who's about to throw fists in my face. This is nuts. So, with that yeah. said, the, the courage that it takes to step in the cage is, is something else. And when I see people that lose – or, or, you know, a big match or something, and the trolls oh, yeah. online oh, yeah. that yeah. just – you and the comments are so nasty and oh, unbelievable. Man. Dude, I mean, it's – it's they're relentless. What what message do you have for trolls like that that just are waiting for someone to, to fall for their opportunity to, to jump on and, and just talk the biggest crap? Well, uh, let, let me uh, let me go back a little bit because uh, you said a couple of names that kind of excite Please. me. I mean, I mean, Please, you know, no. Joaquin, Joaquin Rodriguez is uh, a huge reason, you know, behind my success. You know, um, I started working with Joaquin when I came off the Osman Fighter Show, and he was my boxing coach. And uh, to watch where he's come from, just being that boxing coach to where he is right now, and being a full MMA coach and understanding the intricacies of MMA is absolutely phenomenal. And when you said you called yourself, you said you called Randy Couture, man. There's nobody else better. <laughs> There's nobody else better, man. Yeah, I, I needed be. him. I needed him so bad that night. Yeah, I was he, sweating he, bullets. Randy Randy has the best sage advice ever, man. He's uh, he's he's awesome. <laughs> so, um, you know, having that situation, you know, where you lose a fight, it's a very difficult thing because as you, as you were kind of saying, just wrapping your hands along, you feel the psychological weight of it all on you. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm physically feeling fine, but something else is happening and it's happening between the ears. And it's really hard to manage what's happening between the ears and what's going on with the heart and how it's just racing and how you're on that roller coaster. That is a scary ride to ride. It's scary as shit. But once you ride it and you've been successful riding it, you can't wait to get back on it until it's time to get back on it. Until it's time to get back on it. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So I, I, I totally understand. But, you know, I, I've i had my share of, of tough losses and, um, you know, getting my teeth kicked in by, by those from the outside watching. And um, one thing I've always tried to tell myself is that, you know, these people don't truly know me. And what they're doing is they're, they're talking about a character in which they think they know, you know, and – I, I had I had to accept it. You know, I had to accept it. I had to to just kind of be like, you know what? It's part of the game. But those people who do that, you know, they may never know what it's like to 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 have that feeling. They may never know what it's like to be at such a a place in your mental space where you're uber confident in one second and then in the very next confident you're super 
you know, you're feeling super vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? You have these contradictory feelings. But somewhere in between there is this feeling of life that that is really hard to capture and really hard to encapsulate in words. It's just this feeling that just it just runs through you that that makes it all worth it. That makes it worth trying it again. And I feel sorry for those people who never have that feeling because in those moments, in that time where I felt that feeling, it's when I felt most alive. It's what kept me fighting a little bit longer than I should have. But at the end of the day, it's part of the sport that, um, that that really makes it truly what it is. And uh, to those people, you can never satisfy those people. Those people will always find something to say because it's something that they're lacking in themselves. And a lot of times they, they, they don't really know that they're lacking it, but they feel something and talking about you maybe makes them feel better. Isn't that something? It is something, I, I, but you know, I, I I always appreciated those people because whenever I felt myself kind of like not wanting to do something and the bitch was coming out of me and <laughs> I was kind of not wanting to do what I need to do to, to, to have the results that I wanted, I will go back and I'll read some of the screen. I'll screenshot some of the ones that just chat my ass. You know what I'm saying? Ones that just kind of burn me up and I'll read it and I'll be like, you okay. And, and I will go out there and, <laughs> <laughs> and it is crazy because the, the hecklers, they all have the same voice, whether it's men, women, you know, man or woman. They, in my mind, when I when I read it, I'm just like, you know, I just have like this voice in my mind, the person who's saying it. And I'm just like, I just want to rip this head off. So it, it pushed me a lot. You know, it, it drove me a lot. So it's fuel. It's fuel. Oh, yeah. Man. It's, it's fuel for the soul. Like when people when people cut in on me like that. That's fuel for the soul. Because for me, listen, Kieran, I, I was, I was made from that. I was made from the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I came alive as a competitor, as 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 a as learning a part of who I am, just just through being the doubt of it all. You know what I'm saying? And then yes. that doubt, I had to push past it because I didn't want to feel that doubt, even though I heard it. It kind of stepped in a little bit, and I'm like, "Nah, nah, not me." And it really forced me to just do things I don't, I don't know if I would have done if I didn't have that feeling. Man, that's incredible. That is incredible. And this man here in college, when you were, it was your last year at Michigan State University, yeah. beat beat three time national champion Greg Jones. He had only lost four times in his career. One coming from this man right here. And again, <laughs> that that had to have been from like, oh, you think I'm you think I'm going to lose? You going to doubt me? Let me show yeah. you. <laughs> well, yeah. If you ever get a chance to watch a match, um, it was it was like my last hurrah. You know, I was like, I I um had a pretty decent season that year, but I just was fairly inconsistent and just really could never find my rhythm. And, you know, the coach, they had a big 10 style. Like they wanted me to wrestle a certain kind of way. And I just never really felt comfortable wrestling that way. So it was my pretty much my last match. And they were kind of reading me my rights prior far as like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Give me my eulogy. Hey man, you had a great career, you know, you know, maybe, you know, you could do it at at the next level or whatnot. And I was like, I'm going to win this match, man. And I just went out there and I was just, I went out there and I danced on them. I danced on them. I moved. I was shaking my shoulders. I was out there just having a freaking blast. I was like, if I'm going to lose, 
I'm gonna lose having the most fun that I ever had in match. And I went out there and I did that. And you beat him. And oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Now, one thing, one thing that stings, it still stings with me, and a thing that you and I have in common is we lost in the blood round. We oh, lost, yeah. we lost in the blood round. That's, oh, yeah. oh it's, and to a buckeye nonetheless. That yeah. man, I'm like, oh man, that it's just a horrible feeling. Did that light a fire in you to, and and launch you uh, into the second season of the Ultimate Fighter, in, in which you eventually won? Yeah, you know, Karen, that that was uh, that was the thing. I would say uh, that was the that was a thing that that was that that fuel for me because I, I enjoy competing, but I always felt that I've all, I left something on a table and that match with Greg Jones was, was proof that I did was proof that I, I did because even before that I had a really good match with Chris Pendleton that year. And I almost beat Chris Pendleton. I would have beat Chris Pendleton if it wasn't in Oklahoma and, and I didn't get cheated in double overtime, but that's neither here, that's neither here and there, here nor there. Chris, Chris, Chris and I joke about that all the time, but, um, but I felt like I had that ability to be really good, but I just, I just never was able to show up when I need to show up. So I was like, you know what? I want to compete again. And um, with MMA, it was just a chance for me to leave it all out there, a chance for me to just go out there and, um, let let the chips fall where they may, but for the most part, let it come from here. Not from here, not from anybody's expectation, but right from my heart. And uh, that's what I did. I tried to compete with my heart as much as possible. And me competing with my heart allowed me to achieve some things that I didn't know was possible. You know, um, I, I uh, you know, was in the Ultimate Fighter show competing against giants. And, and, huge, huge yeah, heavyweights, huge, man. Huge. <laughs> Sky, huge. Skyscrapers, as you put it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, these these guys were massive. It, I, I was so small on the show. Uh, we had to do tryouts in Vegas, and I and I got a call back and I uh, walk into the to the interview process with Dana White and the executives from Spike TV at the time. And uh Dana was like now, mind you, I'm, I'm right out of college, so I'm used to doing, like, these formal job interviews. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm all buttoned up. You know what I'm saying? I'm all buttoned up. And uh, as soon as I get in, he just starts cussing at me. He's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I was like, and I was like, what? what? He says, yeah, he said, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I was like, what? He says, um, bro, I had fucking guys so big in here. They had to fucking duck through the door to walk through. Now you fucking five foot nothing, Cuba Gooden Jr. looking motherfucker, you're going to get on my show and you're going to get your fucking ass beat. I'm going to have a boring episode. You know why? I was like, no, because you're too fucking small to be on my show. And I was like, oh, there it goes again. The doubt. There it is. There, there it is. is. There, there it is. is. And you took yeah. that and you went on to win that. That's, yeah, oh, that's incredible, man. I was a junior in high school. When, when you won that, and I, I I I was like, wow, this guy wrestled at Michigan State University. You were a huge reason why I wanted to step on the mat and wear the green and white apparel. Oh, Seeing you on so TV, good. no, huge, <laughs> he, ridiculous inspiration. Talking about inspiration, take that, and then fast forward three, I think three, three years, two years. You came back for a training camp 
to prepare for Chuck Liddell, yeah. which you said was the was the highlight of your career. I'll never forget it. Yeah. I, I I think I had a neighbor call the police on me. I was screaming so much <laughs> with that knockout, man. It was crazy. But you came in and I actually got to help you with your camp for a few days. Uh, me yeah. and a few teammates ran shark bait yeah, uh, on you. You're, you're... I remember that. I remember that. Hey. You guys are fucking tough, but I, I, I needed that though. That's exactly what I needed, man. Oh, such that's an the, honor. It was yeah, such that, an honor. I can remember call, needed, calling man. my parents like, Hey, I just, I, I helping Rashad with this fight against Chuck. I can't believe it. This is amazing. And then you go and not, and have just an incredible victory. My God, that, that was a highlight for me in my five year career there at Michigan state, my man. Oh man. That, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, um, I really needed that. And here's why, you know, there's, a, um, there's a certain kind of energy that you guys have at that age, at that stage in your life. When you, when you're, when your eyes are big and wide about the possibilities of life, because as you get older, setbacks in life and disappointments and just getting the grind of life kind of, kind of takes a little bit from you. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you lose a little bit of that, but when you're around that young, that youth, that, those people who haven't had that experience, who are not so jaded by life, you just feel that energy come back. And you just like, you start to remember like, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know? Yes. So speaking, of, speaking of that, one, one of the things, and I, I love, I never forgot it. I, I, I think I rewound it a, a crap ton of times when you were on the ultimate fighter. And I think Matt Hughes had just pissed you off, you know, Oh yeah. and, and you were, and you were talking about your uncle Bernie and you were yeah. like, how, how your uncle Bernie was like, and, and you've got to see it if you haven't seen it, you're like, you know, my uncle Bernie used to say, just be yourself. If people don't like it when you're being yourself, I won't finish it, but pretty much to hell with them. Right. Yeah. To hell with them. So in a world where people, so many people I'm seeing, it, especially with youth, brother, like, like our self-worth is based on hearts, likes, reactions, comments. So what do you say to these people that, you know, are just so incredibly fearful of being judged by others that's holding them back in life? You know, I, I will tell them a realization that I had, you know, um, when you don't try and when you don't at least give it a second thought, you're robbing yourself out of something even worse than failed results. You know, it's, it's, it's unrealized, unreal, unrealization in yourself is something that will eat at you for the rest of your days. You know, it will eat at you for so long because there will become a point where you'd be like, you know what? I should have did it. I should have did it. I, I know I could do it. And um, the thing is that we fear failing, but there, there really is no failing in life, to be honest, because rather you get the results that you want, you always get what you need. You always get what you're supposed to have, you know, and there's something in that for you. There's something in it for you that is going to make you a better person. And I started to change my way of thinking and that things happen to me instead of happening for me. You know, now I think things happen for me, no matter what the situation is, I try to find 
why this happened for me rather than happen to me. What a mindset. What a mindset, you know, and, and that's again the attaining that mindset. I mean, it, it makes me think of parents, you know, I've known so many athletes, Rashad, like phenomenal, phenomenal athletes that never went anywhere. And they were always down and largely because of their, their parents, like yeah. I would hear their parents talk down on them, like, Oh, you're this and, and hammer them down. Um, I've never understood it. It's, it's insane to me. What are your thoughts on that? Because parents can be, and I talk about it all the time, like parents putting way too much pressure on their kids. Um, I've had these conversations with guests uh, previously. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? And were your, were your parents supportive, like instrumental to your, to your success growing up? What did that look like? I I would say uh, they were and, and, and the, best possible way, you know, and, and I say that because they weren't on me, you know, um, they, they gave me support I needed, but they, they backed off, you know what I'm saying? They backed off and allowed me to just, to just do my thing or or not do it, you know, but at the end of the day, they always told me that if I start something, I got to finish. I got to finish. There was no, there was no quitting. There was, there was none of that. And, um, you know, my mom was all for me me getting the discipline I needed from sports to the point where I was trying to quit wrestling because I hated wrestling. And <laughs> and, uh, and and the wrestling and the wrestling coach, uh, he seen that I had talent. He seen that I was pretty good. So I would miss skip wrestling practice after get, go to school and just didn't get it, didn't go to wrestling practice afterwards. What he would do is he would send a senior to come and pick me up at home once the bus dropped me off. And right when I got home, I had a senior waiting for me to pick me up. And then I'm like, oh, and then, you know, they tell my mom that, hey, he missed practice. And this year, they Rashad, go to practice. And I go to practice. And <laughs> that practice was a lot harder than it would have been if I just would have went. So after a while, I just <laughs> stopped skipping practice and just, you know, went and did wrestling. But when I did that, and I really started to buy into the program and I really started to understand what the coach, you know, seen in me and, and what they, what an outlet it was for me, you know, just being able to have that ability to let out all kinds of frustration from life into a sport and pour it out into it. Yeah. It, it was, it became my vehicle and I seen it was my vehicle. And then I started to embrace it like never before. And it, it was, you know, because of the fact that, I was able to get molded in, in such a way where it wasn't so much pressure on me, allowed me to to crave it and want it more. So when I, when I hear about kids who have the parents that are just on them and tough and stuff like that, and and and, and I say this, and I say a, a negative kind of force, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. negatively pushing them, that, that's tough to deal with. And my heart goes out to those kids because sports should be about having a place to learn to express a part of yourself that may otherwise not be able to be expressed, right? It's an expression. Yes. It's an art form. It's, it's, it's a way to allow things to, um, to, to get out of you. And um, I see it all too often, parents living through their kids. But I also have seen, though, I also have seen parents push their kids and them not 
seeing the benefit in it at the time, but like my coach who seen it in me, he pushed me and he drove me and eventually I was able to see it. So then he didn't need to do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a thin line to be honest, you know, it's a thin line, but you know, as a kid, I guess it all depends on, on the kids. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 100%. Now as a father yourself, yeah. With, with, with all of your accomplishments, all your yeah. losses, failure, I mean, everything, everything that you have endured. I know this is a tough question because I'm sure there's a ton of values that you're going to instill into your kids. But if you could choose, what, what what is one of the most important lessons that you feel you can teach your children to deal with life or in any in any regard in that matter? I would say the most important lesson I would teach my, that I try to teach my kids is learn who they are, get in touch with who they are, because once you get in touch with who you are and you're comfortable in your own skin, you have a leg up on, I'll say 85% of the people, because a lot of times people, they feel uncomfortable with getting to know themselves. They feel uncomfortable looking at themselves. And a lot of times people don't realize that they're so such a stranger to themselves. We live in a society in a world where everything is voyeuristic. Everybody's eating off everybody's plate, you know, um, uh, proverbially speaking, you know, yeah. they're, they're eating off everybody's plate and, and no one is really, really looking to see what they have and, you know, what, what treasures they have within them. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's the thing. We're we're so busy looking on the outside and looking at everything else that we often don't see and we often neglect the very thing in us that will bring us the, the biggest, the most happiness in in our life, you know. Um and, and I feel that my kids uh have done such a great job with just really just getting in tough touch with themselves and being comfortable in their own skin. You know, I have a um, 24-year-old and she's, you know, well on her way in adulthood and, and just, you know, a phenomenal young lady and just, you know, very accountable, you know, got a got a huge heart. And I have a 16-year-old son who's, you know, uh, making his way in the sports world. And, you know, he's, he's a wrestler and he's, you know, he's, he's yeah. super based. He's super based, uh, very smart, very articulate. And, and he's uber confident, you know, he's got this confidence and he has his love for himself. And I have a daughter who's a uh, 14 year old, 14 years old. And she's, she's the same way, you know, she's very confident, you know, a very phenomenal softball player, but she, she's, uh, she's tapped into herself. And um, it's one of those things that I feel like it gets overlooked. It gets overlooked with, with teaching the kids of just, you know, there's so many things that you want to show them. There's so many things that, that people, you know, you want to instill in them. But I feel like a lot of times people forget to just connect with that part of themselves and teach their kids to connect with that part of themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard it from literally one of the best MMA fighters ever. One of my heroes, former Michigan State Spartan, 
Rashad Evans, brother, thank you so much for coming on here and 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 giving us an opportunity to to talk. This is this has been a joy. I could literally go on for hours. Oh man, I I, I appreciate you, buddy. I really do, man, and I love what you're doing. I think that you know these kind of messages and being able to um, have these places where you know kids or whoever or people who of influence can come and just just check it out because the thing about it is that maybe I said something that can resonate with some people, you know, and um, life is, is, is a journey and such where, you know, you can hear it over and over from one person, maybe a parent, and then you hear from somebody else and he's like, I get it. It makes sense now. So if I can be that to somebody, if I can be that light for somebody, then, then I'm all for it. And uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity on your platform to uh, speak. My man, it's an honor. It's an honor. Ladies and gentlemen, episode five with Sugar Rashad Evans. Please like and subscribe. Share this channel. You don't want to miss Umbo because, again, there's a lot more where this this came from. This, this man is just full of wisdom, so you do not want to miss that. Until next time. 